Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Well, we are in the sermon series that'll preach, right? And before I get started and share what God's put on my heart to share with you beautiful people, um, I'd like for you guys just to look to your neighbor, give him a fist bump, a high five, and say, that'll preach. All right. What better way to get into the flow, right? Well, I do want to give honor where honor is due, and I want to give honor to trailblazers. I want to give honor to pioneers. I want to give honor to servant leaders, and that's Pastor Jurgen and Pastor Leanne, right? For starting this church, for starting this movement 17 years ago in three days, right? We just celebrated our 17-year anniversary, and... I absolutely want to give honor to um, servant leaders and uh, leaders that lead from the front, that stand for truth, that stand for justice. Our campus pastors, pastors John and Becky, <laughs> tremendous leaders, grateful, grateful for them. And as it's been said, but our, our leadership's in Catalina getting poured into and picking up more spiritual tools to come back. They're going to be more equipped, more anointed, and more fresh. So today's a special day, right? It's special because I have the opportunity to share what God's put on my heart with you all. But today, August 31st, is a special day because I received one of the best titles I could ever receive eight years ago today. Besides being a husband to my beautiful bride, Gina, Eight years ago, um, I was given the title of being a father. My daughter was born. And my daughter, she's in kids' church, but it's the greatest honor I could have uh, for her to call me her father and for me to call her my daughter. I'm just so blessed. Well, earlier this summer, um, we had a Balboa leadership retreat in Temecula in wine country. And uh, <clears throat> there was about 20 of us that were there, and it was a great opportunity to strengthen relationships, create new bonds, um, get poured into. Pastor John shared uh, a word with us, and it was a great time just to fellowship. And the first night we were there, we were brainstorming, we were spitballing and talking about what games we could play that night. You know, we just heard about Emerge and certainly Cherish, and what's a little competition, right? If it's not an awakened event, there's got to be some competition involved, right? So Pastor Sterling Pyle proposed that we play a game called sardines. Has anyone ever played a game called sardines? Show of hands. Okay. I never heard of it, right? So let me explain this game. This game sardines is a twist on the traditional game of hide and seek, right? However, how it works is there was about 20 of us, again, in this house, and it was a nice, spacious house. And what happens is one person goes and hides, right? And the object is the others go and try to find this person. 
However, when you find the person, you don't say, I found him, I found her. You start to hide with this person, right? And usually it's in a confined, it's in, a, it's in an awkward space, right? It could be in a closet, pantry, a bathtub, a shower, wherever you can find space, right? And the object is not to be the last person or persons to find everyone else. But there's a twist. And the twist is you play this game in pitch black, right? The windows are drawn, the doors are shut, you can't see your hand in front of your face, right? And it was such an interesting game, right? And what ended up happening is you really get to know people really well. <laughs> like really well. You get to figure out what deodorant they're wearing, whether they're wearing deodorant, whether they flossed or brushed after their last meal, because you can't make a sound. You don't want to give up the spot, right? Well, it was such a fun game and a lot of lessons were learned from that, which I'll circle back up to. Now, what I'm gonna share with you all tonight is more of a testimony than a, than a teaching. Is that all right with everyone? All right, perfect. Well, the prophetess, Taylor Swift, so aptly preached the gospel of shake it off, right? And I wanna play just a, a quick excerpt of that song. Can we, can we play that? All right, thank you. Well, the title of my message is Hiders Are Gonna Hide. Hide, 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 hide. And what I'm gonna share with you all is four points um, throughout the duration of my testimony, right? Well, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, and I uh, am a first-generation proud American. And my, thank you. And my parents immigrated uh, from Sri Lanka by way of London, England, where I was born. And I know what some of you might be thinking, and my, my wife certainly thought this. If, Darren, if you had a British accent, you'd be a lot better looking and a lot smarter. <laughs> I'm neither one of those two things. However, I am in sales, and that's how I landed my wife, right? Well, I felt and experienced a lot of challenges growing up because when we moved to the US in the 80s, there weren't many people at the time that looked like us um, or just had the same culture. And in full transparency, I was a little bit embarrassed, right, of, of my culture, uh, of my parents, uh, you know, of their accent because, you know, we kind of stuck out like a, a sore thumb. But friends, what I can tell you and what I know now is my parents' accent was and is a badge of courage and resilience. Because when I thought about it further, I don't know if I'd be able to pick up my family and move them halfway around the world to give my kids a better shot than they did growing up in a third world country, right? And so I just, I just wanna give my parents a big shout out, right? Just for having the resilience and I know they're watching on live stream. 
Well, I was raised in a mega Southern Baptist church that was uh, televised uh, across Virginia and DC and you know, other parts of the mid-Atlantic region where I grew up. And my church was great. It really is a Bible-believing church, and, and I learned a lot about the Bible and about the Gospels and about Jesus' teachings. Um, but my church was a bit of a frozen, chosen church, right? You know, we had three hymns, we sang out of the hymnal, nothing wrong with that. And worship is just a little bit different here, right? <laughs> just a little bit, right? I mean, my, my hands never really got past my nipples in worship, right? <laughs> I can say nipples, it's a Wednesday night. I can say that, right? That's okay. Is that, is that okay? All right. Well, we were at church every Sunday and Wednesday without fail. And I just watched my parents closely as they faithfully served in many, many ministries. And it was, they just really left a mark on me uh, of it's better to serve rather than deserve, right? And, you know, I, t- I shared with you guys, uh, my parents moved here um, from Sri Lanka. And I'd like to share just a little bit about the country of Sri Lanka. You know, being a Christian is absolutely being a minority, right? Because the country is 70% Buddhist, 13% is Hindu, 10% is Muslim, and 7% is Christian. And going back generation after generation on both sides of my parents' lineage, we were Christians. And what we found out is Thomas the Apostle, after Jesus' death, left the Middle East and migrated to the southwest part of India, actually the state of Kerala where Gina's parents are from, and started spreading the good news and started spreading the gospel. And I believe that it it certainly spread through southern India and then into the beautiful country of Sri Lanka. And I'm also believing for a a revival in Sri Lanka. You know, I'm believing that we're going to add a zero to the end of that seven, and there's going to be a revival that sweeps across that country, and it's going to be 70% Christian, right? Well, for me, competition in sports was a big part of my life growing up. It really kept me engaged in school. Because truthfully, I wasn't the best student growing up, not because I wasn't capable. I just didn't really try. And the first time I left home was for college. And I picked my college based on where I could really further my soccer career. So when I went to college, I, I, I talk about I majored in soccer and minored in academics. Um, but kidding, of course, you know, once I got to school uh, in college, a, a switch really flipped for me. And I, I knew that I needed to really apply myself because how well I did would, would probably shape my future. Well, I, in college, friends, I started to um, slowly drift away from my walk, my walk from Jesus. And I started, it started to create this hole. And coincidentally, at that time, my ego started to, to grow a bit. And what I started to do is fill that hole with things other than Jesus. And point number one that I have is my ego is definitely not my amigo when I'm not walking with Jesus, right? And, and Bible says in Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before the destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Friends, it was the first time in my life that I felt like I was living two lives. I mean, there was a clear dichotomy. There was a clear delineation. 
you know, I was living one life that was going to church on Sundays in college and involved with Christian ministries across campus. And the other life that was partying, you know, hanging out um, in the wrong crowds, right? And, and, and just doing the, not the right things that really aligned with how I was brought up, right? And a theme and a pattern was starting to develop in my life. And the early signs were starting to form that I was hiding from God, right? So things slowly started to change in my life. And what I'll tell you, they weren't for the better, right? The guy um, who spent his first two spring breaks in college going on mission trips, right? And ministering to college kids coming out of the clubs at three, four, five in the morning, just a year or two later was the one who's getting ministered to, you know, coming out of those clubs at the same time at three, four, five in the morning. So seeds were certainly getting planted in my life and not the good seed. The type of seed that is cunning, baffling, and powerful, the type of seed that the enemy loves, right? Seeds of unworthiness, shame, guilt, and dishonesty. I was also starting to build shields, shields that were good for hiding, concealing, burying things, right? Unlike the game of sardines that I shared with you, I started to hide alone, and I stayed hiding alone with these seeds that I I just shared with you about. And David writes in Psalms 119, verse 114, And this just coincidentally is the longest chapter in Psalms and in the Bible. And David writes, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Well, I managed to really do well in school and I graduated with honors. And I ended up moving back to my hometown of of Richmond, Virginia. And I landed a job with a phenomenal organization. And I really felt that I was shot out of a cannon to start my career. Um, I was really deemed or called the golden boy early on in my career. I received five promotions in in six years, and I was receiving a lot of praise and awards, and my ego was at an all-time high. And I shared with you point number one, my ego is not my amigo, but I also know that ego stands for edging God out. And that's exactly what I was doing, right? I was making great money, I was getting all the attaboys, and I felt like I could walk on water. Nowhere was God in the picture, right? Well, perhaps on the occasional Sunday, which really depended on how late I stayed out the Saturday night before, right? Or how much my mom and dad called me and said, you need to get your butt to church, you know? Well, after eight years with that organization, I ended up getting recruited to um, join another major competitor and I moved up to New York City. And that shield I told you I was hiding behind um, was not only used for hiding, but again, good for digging and and burying things like shame and guilt that I was starting to amass. So now moving up to New York City, friends, I was hundreds of miles away from family, from friends, from people that would hold me accountable, from my community essentially. But who I didn't leave behind were some unwanted friends, right? I um, brought along unworthiness. I brought along shame, I brought along guilt, right? And they brought along their second and third cousins, right? 
So what happened for me is, you know, hiders are going to hide, 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 just like we heard Taylor Swift talk about, right? And now I was in the big city under the big lights, you know, I had a big corporate role and was making money as a single guy. And I was now living in one of the best playgrounds on earth, New York City. And what happened to start, what happened to me slowly is that more and more often, drugs and alcohol were starting to become the answers to a lot of my things at that time of my life. They were the answers to, to everything. But what I didn't know is, what was the question, right? What was the question that I was asking myself? I mean, I turned to drugs and alcohol if I was happy, if I was sad, if I landed a big deal, if I lost a big deal. Shoot, I turned to drugs and alcohol if I got my shoes on the right foot that morning, you know? <laughs> and my, my life really started to become unmanageable. And I didn't know how to get off the crazy train. I mean, deep down inside, I knew that the mind and the person that caused the problem couldn't see or fix the problem, you know? And I was spending so much time and energy and money running away from the solution. And what I know now is that running away from my problem only increases the distance from the solution, right? The only way to fix the problem is to surrender and run to and not away from the solution, which is Jesus, right? <laughs> Psalms 44 verse 21 says, Would not God find this out? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Well, friends, I started to not even recognize myself. Right? My moral and my spiritual compass was completely and utterly off. I didn't know which way was up or down, and I didn't know how to get myself together. See, I was really down in a hole, and I was getting comfortable. I was putting up wallpaper. I was decorating, you know, down in this hole. And I was comparing, I was obsessed. I was comparing my insides to other people's outsides, you know, which meant I started to hide more and more. And I started to hide by myself. And my shield got bigger and bigger. Hiders are going to hide, right? Well, I started to hide and isolate. And the enemy really had me where he wanted me. He had me in a really nice, expensive apartment with the windows drawn, the doors shut, you know. And I really felt more guilt and ashamed than I ever had. And I really felt that I needed to cover up. I would imagine this is how Adam and Eve felt in the garden after the fall of man, after they partook of the forbidden fruit, right? And then they started to cover up. And Bible says in Genesis 3, 8, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Well, for years, for years up to this point, I had done a really good job of, and bear with me on this, taking women and girlfriends hostage, right? Not literally, but figuratively, right? <laughs> and what I mean by that is the pattern up to this point in my life was to fill the hole that I created by not having Jesus here, by filling that hole with drugs, alcohol, and unhealthy relationships, right? And I would only let these relationships into a certain level because I was carrying all of that baggage, all those unwanted friends, right? See, everything looked good on the outside. You know, the guy that wore fancy suits to work, had a nice car, 
had the cool watches and the houses, but in reality, I was a hot mess on two legs, right? I was really good at hiding behind the shield of success and of material items. I mean, none of my formal girlfriends had a clue of how jacked up I was, right? And years ago, while, while living in the Northeast, through the haziness of everything that I was going through, I recall God telling me, Darren, it's, it's not good for you to be alone. So I decided to try something I really hadn't tried before, online dating. After all, I thought, look, my profile would look good and I would probably attract some interesting women. You know, it was all about familiar patterns, again, of filling that hole, you know, that also filled with, with drugs and alcohol. But God had other plans, right? So my online journey started and I was eager to find my next victim. I'm sorry, my next sweetheart, right? Well, and, and I like to tell you all that it was an epic, long, drawn-out journey, but it wasn't, right? Within a week of, um, and my friends helped me create a, a profile, within a week of starting my profile, I ended up founding, finding my now beautiful bride, Gina. And I could tell you, um, we, we chatted for a month, and on that first date, uh, it happened about a month after we were, were talking, I never felt at peace, so at peace um, on a first date. And I just knew something was different with Gina. You know, God was on the move and he was working on me, you know. Well, eventually one date became two and then three, then 10, and we decided to become exclusive. And I took her to meet my parents and I met hers and things were really progressing. But friends, I was still hiding, concealing this big, dark, hairy secret. And Bible, Bible says in Luke 8, 17, for nothing is hidden that will not become evident, nor nothing or anything secret will not be known and come to light. I was starting to get tired of running on the hamster wheel, right? But I didn't know how to get off. And the enemy was really strong and had a really strong grip on me. Deep down, I also knew that I deserved the life that I was tolerating. And I was tolerating a lot. But I also knew that I was still a son of the Most High, right? Well, we were about five months into dating, and I had to come clean. I had to tell her everything that was going on. And friends, it was the toughest conversation I've ever had with a human. And Gina really received it well, and we got right into solution mode. See, friends, nothing good grows in the dark, and I needed to bring this into the light. Point number two, wounds are where Jesus' light, grace, and love come through. And Bible says in Daniel 2.22, it is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. Friends, it was the first time in my life which I knew that pain was necessary, but suffering was optional, you know? And pain at that point was the touchstone of all of my spiritual progress, right? I stopped hiding. I felt as though I had come down from that sycamore tree, just like my homeboy Zacchaeus was perched up in, right? When Jesus came walking through his town that day and said, Zacchaeus, come on down because I'm going to your house today. And that's exactly what Jesus did for, for me. He said, Darren, you need to come down that tree. 
So I ended up sobering up. We ended up serving at our church. I built a strong community. I built a strong community of sober men around me, and life was back on track. Well, I proposed to Gina, and we got married later that year. Thank you. I'll drink to that. Well, one, one year later after that, we welcomed Aria into our lives just a year ago. I mean, excuse me, eight years ago, right? Which is just ironic. Time flies. Um, and I started to get my self-esteem back, right? But who here knows if you want self-esteem, you got to do esteemable acts. And what that means for me is to give without remembering and take without forgetting, Right? So I ended up landing a job with the largest and the global leader in my industry as an executive. And we had the opportunity to stay on the East Coast or move to the West Coast. And we felt God was calling us to beautiful San Diego. And once Aria turned one, we moved to San Diego. Point number three, my happiness should not be dependent upon my happenings. First Timothy 6.17 says, instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Well, friends, my once dear friend, my ego, disguised as the enemy, started to slowly show up in my life after we landed here in San Diego. See, my ego and the enemy would whisper sweet nothings in my ear. He told me, Darren, you work hard. You're a great provider. You're a great leader. You speak at business conferences in front of thousands of people. Why be humble? See, all the things that help me lead to a free, victorious, sober life, which was serving at church, being entrenched in my community, serving in my sober community, being honest with myself, and others started to slip after we moved here years ago. And I started to pick up alcohol occasionally. And Gina didn't think much of it because that wasn't my go-to early in our marriage. See, my ego pride and career accolades started to once again propel me into the stratosphere. However, my self-esteem, my worthiness started to reside in the basement the more I used, the more I hid. And we had not found this amazing church. We had not found C3, that's what it was called at the time, and Awaken. And we were church shopping, so it was easy for me to hide because we weren't serving. We weren't planted in, in a house, right? It was easy for me to hide in work and, and things not of, and things of this world. So I started hiding again by myself. I started being dishonest. I started to slip down a very, very familiar hole. And it was basically felt like I was switching seats on the Titanic. I mean, the ship was going down. I was just repositioning where I was sitting, you know? So I went into storage. I found that shield that I was hiding. I used to hide from years ago and dusted it off. And I began to hide. So the occasional drink that I would have changed from one day to two days to eventually daily. Copious amounts, you know? Reliance on alcohol started to settle in. And the enemy really did a good job of helping me justify this. I started to grow more distant, not present, consumed with my thoughts and full of resentments and really the void of humility. 
you know, the enemy is cunning, baffling, and powerful if you allow him to be, you know? It was a quick progression. And 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about, seeking whom he may devour. Well, friends, December 31st, 2017 is a date I will never forget as long as there is breath in my lungs. Our immediate family were visiting for the holidays, and I was at the bottom of my rope. I was tired of living, you know, three or four or five different lives, you know, spinning the plates, keeping the balls in the air. And I told my family I was going out to run an errand. And what ended up happening for me is I ended up buying a bottle of booze, which I proceeded to drink. Needless to say, my family and my friends, well, family, could tell I was out of sorts when I got home. Well, an emotionally charged intervention took place because the atmosphere was thick with bewilderment and confusion. And Gina had a lot of questions you know, coming her way, and we really couldn't answer those at the time. And I can clearly recall at the time knowing that I was truly tired. I was tired of hiding. I was tired of hiding alone. I was tired of carrying around that shield, and I knew I needed to put down that shield. December 31st, 2017 is the date that had a spiritual awakening. And God spoke to me in my bedroom in the midst of the chaos and the confusion that was swirling around me. And God told me, he said, Darren, either you surrender or you suffer. And it felt like, friends, I was at base camp looking at Mount Everest. I didn't know how I was gonna, you know, just, just climb this mountain. But he said to me, he said, Darren, if you have big challenges, that means you have a big future. 12:31:17 is the date that I stepped out in the light and said, not today, devil, or any other day moving forward. Thank you. Point number four, the more dependent on God I become, the more independent I've become. Now, friends, I still have my shield that I used when I would hide. The difference is I use that shield to protect me from the enemy's fiery darts, right? And I do hide, but I hide in his word and his promises and his truth. And I just don't hide alone, just like that game of sardines. When I feel myself hiding, I now take friends with me. I take a band of brothers, which some of them are in this house. A lot of them are. And Psalms 32.7 says, you are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Friends, I am so grateful that God did for me what I could not do for myself. He removed the physical, mental, and spiritual obsession that I had, and he's made me a spiritual fit warrior for his kingdom. Thank you. And through sobriety, I've landed a new job. We bought a new dream home. We've adopted a beautiful son from India. We, brought, we bought investment properties and we invest in businesses. It's just amazing what God is doing. And my humility has been restored. And humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less, right? And we have the honor of serving on many ministries here at Awaken. I'm so grateful for this house and how amazing the soil is. But I feel that the Holy Spirit has been working on some people here tonight. 
And I feel that he has highlighted some people that have been hiding, that have been tired of carrying around a shield. I feel that there are some people here tonight that need to surrender. It's either surrender or suffer, right? As God told me in my house years ago, right? God is definitely pulling on some people's hearts tonight, right? And if you're here and that is you, and you're tired around, you're tired of carrying around unworthiness, if you're tired of carrying around feelings of shame, of guilt, there is good news. And the, and the good news is that Jesus died for our sins. And by his stripes, we have been absolutely healed, right? So if that is you, and you want to just drop off some baggage, if you wanna put that shield down and continue to hide in his word, this is your moment. The good news is that Jesus won't remember what you confess. He is the only one that has the ability to forget. So if that is you, I'm gonna invite you to raise your hand. Maybe you haven't given your life to Jesus. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Well, this is the atmosphere to do that. This is the house where things can be transformed, just like it was for me on December 31st, 2017. August 31st, 2022 can be your day where you can say, not today, devil, or any other day moving forward. That is you. Sometimes we gotta move a muscle to change a thought. If that is you, would you raise your hand here tonight? Feel like someone is, is, is thinking about what, what will my hand do? Your hand will just unlock freedom. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you. Is there one more tonight that's something resonating? Thank you, God bless you, God bless you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Thank you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, thank you, thank you. Well, look, I'm gonna invite everyone to pray with me. Please don't let these people that just raised their hands pray alone. So if everyone can join me and bow their heads. Father God, thank you for sending your son to die for my sins. Father God, today, I declare that I am not hiding anymore. The only hiding I'm doing is in your word in your truth and in your promises. Father God, I choose today to give my life to you, to receive your salvation, your power, your glory for your purposes. I pray all these things in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. 
or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.